Welcome to Spill the Tea, a bi-weekly download of life, liberty, and the latest in culture and news with your hosts, Dr. Robert McClure and Sal Nuzzo. Hi there, and welcome to another edition of Spill the Tea here at the James Madison Institute. My name is Bob McClure, and I'm the president of JMI. And with me here today is Logan Padgett, our vice president for communications and public affairs. Glad you're with us, Logan. Glad to be back. Sal's out traveling, I guess. He's in Atlanta for a conference. And Mm -hmm. so uh, Logan is stepping in. I was out for a couple of weeks with my daughter's wedding, which went extremely well and Mm -hmm. uh, still trying to recover. It was uh, quite a a party and we had a great time. He's a great young man, but... uh, we were pretty tired when it was all over. I believe it. But yeah, well, last week of July, so yep. time to get back to work. Time to get back to it. I know it. As we, we were saying earlier today that, uh, you know, as children and grandchildren start heading back to school, parents and grandparents become more engaged in the state of Florida. The state of Florida is kind of a, a different state. Uh, people use the the heat of June and July and early August to go typically places that are cooler, so the mountains mm-hmm. out west, if North Carolina. If that exists right now. Right. I don't know any place that's cooler everywhere is hot exactly. right now. Exactly, and all the, the people internationally or from around the rest of the country come to Florida in, mm-hmm. the, in the summer. But school's going to start start up here soon, and parents and grandparents are going to be reengaged. So. Yeah, I think some places it's next week, mm-hmm. school starting That's back, hard so. to believe. I know. I know. Like summer I'm, was three weeks long. But. Obviously, I'm much older than you are, but we started school after Labor Day, which mm-hmm. was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's look at some of the headlines we're seeing here in the state of Florida. Let's start first on the health front, Logan. Mm-hmm. We have two things. One, a hepatitis outbreak in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. What are we seeing there? Yeah. I, so I don't pretend to be a, a expert on on health or immunology or anything like that. But um, yeah, there's now a hepatitis outbreak. Um, a lot of it has been in children too there's a thousand cases of uh hepatitis uh in children across 35 countries including the u.s and there's been like 22 children that have died 46 now need liver transplants and i think what's interesting is researchers are are saying that these viruses have kind of mutated and um and it's been affecting kids because Mm -hmm. of um they've missed out on a lot of immunity thanks to COVID. I saw it in my kids. They were in daycare before COVID. We took them out because of COVID. We put them back in and they're sicker than they've ever been because they had this built up immunity that they then lost. And now they're having to build it back up again. Um, And I just, I think it's, I think we're going to continue to see these implications of what happened because of some of these COVID restrictions. And it was really sad. I read a, a BBC article of a parent of a kid that's now needing a liver transplant. And she obviously is heartbroken, but she said, um, uh, you go along with the rules, you do what you're supposed to do to protect people that are in, uh, vulnerable. And now your own child has become more vulnerable because uh, you did what you right. were supposed to do. Right. It's, it's really, I mean, so we are, we're learning more and more that the school closings were a disaster, not only physically, as you just outlined, but for the mental health, for social interaction for young children, the list goes on. Well, just and, for our kids, the level that they need right. to be at. I saw the um, 
the gradings for schools came out the last couple of weeks, and there's a lot of schools that have dropped in right. their grade level, right. and that's after they got rid of testing this past year. And sure. so I just think all well, these kids were out of school for a certain amount of time, um, and now they're not on the level that they need to be. Right. Um, well, yeah. the, the evidence is obvious, and in fact, I saw an interview just recently with uh, Anthony Fauci, and he was denying that he ever actually advocated for school closings, which I know we know not to be true. Right. So uh, it's uh, it's scary. I think we're going to be dealing with this for the next five to 10 years. Certainly you're uh, dealing with it on the ground floor, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. The next thing we have, we have monkeypox, the next version of the pandemic. It, it It's not affecting all uh, demographics, certain de- demographics more than others. But the rea- what, what's fascinating is that people are still, despite all of what we just talked about, everything we know about school closings, closing down the economy, masks that are ineffective, mm-hmm. people are still protesting, calling for more government involvement. Have we not learned anything no. about the pandemic? No, we've not learned our lesson at all. People still think the government's here to fix all of your problems. It's amazing. We had the confusion of the CDC, which changed their views almost every day. Clearly the science on school closing, clearly the science on closing down economies and businesses. And yet we still have people advocating for a one size fits all from Washington, D.C. It's just absolutely stunning. Right. And I mean, luckily we're in a situation where I I believe that there's already antiviral uh, medications that are effective against monkeypox. I I have seen reports about the lack of availability um, in some areas, but I I don't think this is another COVID uh, situation, but it is interesting to see the um, kind of the the uptick of people seeing this as a a really big issue and saying, okay, government, here we go again. It's time for you to get involved and tell us what to do. I think some of that is also media generated. They like Mm -hmm. a good pandemic crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they need a villain. Right. That's right. And I think some of the political views, many of the political views on the part of the media, they want to continue to manufacture this and continue on with this. So speaking of fear and 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 kind of the world we live in that is 1984 or brave new world depending on which book you like better um we're now perilously close to a recession nationally mm-hmm. not in the state of florida the state of florida if you look at the jobs numbers and you look at the growth of the gdp in the state we are an outlier for the country as a whole which i think is a credit to keeping the economy open and keeping our schools open but uh, the definition of a of a classic, which has gone back for you know back to the early 20th century, uh, the classic definition of a recession is two negative um, two quarters of negative GDP growth. We'll find out here in the next week or so, probably the next 10 days, whether we have a second consecutive uh, negative GDP growth. But the Biden administration is now saying that that's not really. They're redefining the definition of what a recession is. Why do you think that's happening? Well, they have an election. Right, <laughs> right. They have an election coming up in November, and they're trying to keep hold of uh, their their majority in the Senate and the House, and um, I think that's the main reason why. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that we, we redefine as though somehow 
uh, these folks now in charge know best and know mm-hmm. better than you know the past hundred years of history. So we're going to find out. Inflation continues to rage. The Fed has to make a decision. They're, yeah, about to raise right. rates again by three quarters of a you right. know, percentage point again. That's what they're so, thinking. We right. don't know exactly what they're going to do, but I think you're probably right. They're going to do that. Three quarters of a point, 75 basis points. So it's going to be, there's a lot going on as we record mm-hmm. uh, this podcast. Um, on the Florida front, a uh, lot happening in Florida. Um, yeah. Insurance companies or another insurance company is leaving the state. Bankers Insurance Group has left the state. They pulled out of the home insurance market because they said that state lawmakers didn't do enough during the special session. We would agree they didn't do enough during the special session. This has been a huge issue for JMI for years and years and years to reform property insur- the property insurance market, get government out allow uh, market forces to uh, improve the quality of the product, to bring down the cost uh, of, of, of rates, those kinds of things. But we would agree they really didn't do enough to combat well, fraud and, and litigation. And they would say, and a lot of experts will say, that it's really going to take 18 to 24 months to see some of the things that they did actually provide relief for homeowners. But the reality is there's still a whole lot to be done to combat Um, fraud and the litigation issue that we have. Um, I know on the same front, there's a a ratings agency has kind of like been rumored to, um, to downgrade some property insurance companies. They said they were going to, now they've delayed it. Um, And so uh, that what that kind of means is there's like 27 different uh, property insurance companies and they're going to take them from an S um, for substantial to an M for moderate. And the big picture idea with this is that your mortgage carrier is backed federally by Fannie right. Mac or, right. or uh, Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae. They won't accept anything than, a, than an A rating. And right. so I think that you could see potentially more of uh, this issue with insurers, you know, not being able to uh, assume risk and stay right. here in Florida. So far, thank goodness, uh, and I don't want to jinx us, the hurricane season has been pretty quiet here yeah, in Florida. Yeah, but wait till Labor Day. I know. And that's always it's when. It's always September. Right. It always gets worse. Late August, that kind of stuff. So fingers crossed Those that will waters are still warming. Yes. Despite yes. <laughs> the fact that it's hotter than it's ever been. Yeah. We have a, a very uh, hotly contested Democratic primary between yeah, Charlie do. Chris and Nikki Freed for governor for the uh, opportunity to face then- uh, sitting Governor Ron DeSantis, the the uh, Democratic Party just recently held their their summit. I don't know exactly what they call it, but it sounded like that maybe Nikki Freed won the room. Mm-hmm. But the question is going to be, can she overcome Charlie Crist's name recognition? Right. Um, he is a terrific retail politician. Doesn't matter what you think of him. He's a terrific retail politician. Um, I've spent some time with him. Uh, he makes you feel like you're the only person in the entire room. Mm-hmm. Um, does that continue to work? So the Democratic primary is going to be very, very interesting. And then as that person comes out, you know, you have a very formidable force in Governor DeSantis who has plenty of money, who has uh, generally very high favorables. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that Democratic primary. Well, and I think just primaries in general, uh, uh, I I think and I hope that People are placing more of an importance on getting out and voting in these primaries, mm-hmm. not necessarily just for 
governor, but Correct. for a lot of other local races, I think people see now the importance of who your attorney general is. Right. I mean, in a lot of states that have passed abortion regulations, the attorney general is the person that's going to now be enforcing that. People are now caring about who their school board representatives are because they're making decisions about who your child can and cannot share a bathroom with and who they can share a locker room with. I mean, these local races are important. And I know there's a lot of local races in Tallahassee that are important right. too right. for mayor, um, but you're seeing that all across the state of Florida, and there's even more of a reason for people to get out and vote, not just because of mm-hmm. these important issues, but because these local races really do matter. And in, in, and in many, many cases, they matter more. I mean, you know, with the 24-hour cable news, where I think, you know, a generation has been groomed to believe that somehow Washington affects you the most. It's actually your local elections, right. then your, your city elections, then your county elections, then your state elections. I do think... The discussions about bathrooms and transgenderism and CRT are putting a light on the importance of local election, local elections, regardless of where you stand. So hopefully people are more engaged in their local elections. Uh, but we're going to find out. Generally, you're right. There's not a great participation rate mm-hmm. uh, for primaries and certainly a lower particip- participation rate for local elections. So we're going to have to see what happens there. I think... You know, as you look at the national um, picture on elections, I think two things are really interesting. They're talking about a red wave. Mm -hmm. We'll have to see um, what happens. I do think the Republicans will take the House with 30 to 40 seats. Depends on on kind of where we go. But wave elections still come down to really good candidates. And if you have a lousy candidate, as we talk about this, you know, uh, the Republicans in the state of Missouri may or may not nominate a convicted felon and uh, spouse abuser uh, and a former governor that uh, had to resign, and he might be the Republican nominee. He might not, but he might be. You've got some other elections in Pennsylvania and Georgia where perhaps the best uh, possible candidate to win did not win. Uh, I think the Senate's going to be very close. I think it's going to be really interesting, and I think it's going to come down to the nth hour as to whether Republicans gain the Senate. They're going to win the House. The Senate, we'll have to wait and see. I think there's another uh, national component that's going to contribute to the red wave, and that is it appears that the Hispanic communities across the country are rejecting the kind of woke, cancel culture uh, uh, that, that seems to be presented by the Democratic Party. We can call it what we want. We saw it with uh, Myra Flores in South, Tes- Te- South Texas. She won a Democratic, Hispanic, uh, predominant um, congressional election for the first time in 200 years. They, they sent a Republican. I think you're seeing that in polling in Florida. The governor, the current governor, is doing extremely well and, and may win a majority of Hispanics. You're seeing it in places like Arizona, certainly Texas, as we said. So it's going to be interesting in addition to um, what's driving people to vote, as you talked about, and in addition to um, the the component of what is a red wave, the Hispanic community is going to have something to say about it as well. Yeah.
Absolutely. So, a um, couple more culture things going on in Florida. So, we already, I, I kind of alluded to uh, something we talked about on last episode with Leon County School Board making a decision about a new transgender policy that they have. Um, now, the Florida Department of Education is moving forward with a new regulation requiring school districts to adopt policies where parents have to be notified about lodging details on overnight field trips. I mean, just the fact that you could potentially have your daughter go off on an overnight field trip and not be notified of the fact that she's going to be lodged with a transgender person that is a biological male right. and you might not be notified of that. I mean, this this regulation saddens me that we even need something right. like this. We're living in crazy times for this kind of thing, but we, you are seeing local school boards make those decisions that, you know, Biological males can use female facilities uh, and can also travel in the same way. So I think you have to have these kind of rules in place. The more transparency for parents, and we talk about this all the time, the more transparency, the more choice that parents can make, the better education will be and extends, I think, to this as well. Uh, on On the other news front, from a cultural standpoint, the Disney backed streaming service Hulu, mm-hmm. right? Very popular streaming service. Uh, was at first refusing to run political ads on central themes uh, related to the Democratic midterm campaign. So when we say central themes, we're talking about abortion. We're talking about guns. We're talking about the January 6th hearings and the the attack. Uh, but it prompted fury. I put that in air quotes from the party's candidates uh, and their leaders. But uh, now Hulu's back down and they're going to begin to run that. Does that surprise you? No, it doesn't. I mean, in the one instance, I was encouraged at first when I saw that they were refusing to do that. I think it's a great example of the free market. Of course, uh, you know, yeah. the, you get the right to choose whether or not you subscribe to Hulu, and Hulu also is not in the same territory as some of these broadcasting networks like ABC and CBS, NBC that they legally are obligated right. to run these political right. ads. Hulu does not have to, and the fact that they. I guess, received enough pressure by the party or by Disney, um, and they've now changed their mind. Um, I may need to up my Hulu subscription to the ad-free version and, right. and stop being so cheap because of this. Not because I don't want to see the ads, even though I don't, but just because I, I they just gave in. And, right. and Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think uh, in many ways, uh, a lot of people want to say Disney has become a woke company. And in in many ways it has, but really it's being driven by uh, BlackRock Capital, which is an investment, one of the largest investment companies in the entire world. Uh, They're they're the ones who are woke and they're big into this whole ESG stuff where... You know they want to div- they want companies to divest themselves of, f- of fossil fuels or 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 investing in fossil fuels or using fossil fuels. They just po- stripped Fairy Godmother from right. Cinderella from Cinderella from her name. They're no right. longer calling her Fairy Godmother right. because you know right. I think BlackRock <laughs> is really the driving force behind this, and I think this whole fossil fuels debate, which in shorthand for us policy nerds is called the ESG debate, mm-hmm. is going to take on a, a, it's going to be a major front moving forward, not only in Florida, think about it, there are there are uh, financial companies that do not want, that want Florida's retirement system, for example, to divest itself 
of owning anything uh, stock related or investment related to fossil fuels. And then we're seeing in more blue states, the use, you know, divest themselves of using fossil fuels, fossil fuels, moving everything to electric. So this ESG component, you can Google ESG, learn more about it. It's going to be a big deal. And I think that is some of the drive behind Disney as well. Um, Another thing that's really interesting is that um, the, and I don't know if you were a big fan, but the Choco Taco is going People away. People are up in arms about this. I don't think I've had one in years. I do remember them being available on the ice cream truck that would come around my neighborhood, but I can't say that I go to the grocery store and pick up a box of Choco Tacos, but people are up in arms about this um, and what they would do for a Klondike bar. Right. (laughs) A Choco Taco. I've I've never had a Choco Taco. I'm sorry to say that my childhood was deprived. They are good. I had plenty of Nutty Buddies with the peanuts and the chocolate and the ice cream on a a cone, but never a Choco Taco. Is this going to go the way of... uh, the getting rid of old of old Coke and and then bringing it back because people are gonna uh, be in that kind of an uproar. You think it's gonna be that loud? Uh, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. It'll probably go away in a couple of days. Yeah, I think so. I think you're <laughs> right. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell of uh, has has been transferred to a Florida prison in Florida, in Tallahassee, three miles away, three miles away Down from the where road we're taping this podcast at. Yeah, the women's prison on Capitol Circle. Yeah, I wonder if they still do tours. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I mean, there's a there's a uh, fundraising opportunity there for the prison. I, I mean, think. of all the places, I just right. yeah. I know, and I, I don't know why of all the places they would send her here in Tallahassee. But I saw um, some one article talked about it being this posh, you know, resort like prison, and uh, I don't know that I would go that. far. Far. I didn't follow the court case well enough to know, you know, what kind of sentence she deserved or didn't deserve. But she is here as a point of interest. She is in Tallahassee, in the state of Florida. You know, you know, weird Florida continues. You know. Yeah, I mean, Florida's always been relevant, but here we are again, Tallahassee specifically now. Right. So. Um, international news. So just kind of one scandal too many. Uh, Boris Johnson's official step down was a couple of days ago. Um, his literal final words were hasta la vista, baby. Right. In the House of Commons, <laughs> right. I watched his speech. I was a, a Johnson, big Johnson fan for his stand on Brexit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got that done for the most part. At least he got it done far enough that the it's going to take a really... It's going to take the bureaucrats a really long time to try to get back into Brexit. There's some Irish issues they have to sort through still to make Brexit completely. So I was a big Boris fan when he when they broke away and he was the driving force along with Nigel Farage on Brexit. But it became a, a uh, number 10 Downing Street really kind of became a frat house. Mm-hmm. And you had uh, massive parties during um, COVID when everybody else was in lockdown he proposed massive spending. Boris represented the Tory party, but I wouldn't say he was a conservative. Wanted to raise taxes, wanted massive spending, lockdowns, you know, um, vaccine mandates in some areas, those kinds of things. But you're right. You think of uh, ask not what your country can do for you or Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Right. 
and the December seventh, right? 19, yeah, I mean, like you've got all these politicians that are you have known nothing to for fear, very, but fear itself. Yes, very specific, noteworthy quotes, and you've got Boris Johnson going down in history as his noteworthy quote being "Hasta la vista, baby." Yep. <laughs> so, yep. Pretty interesting. Yep. Uh, not a lot going on in sports. I know sometimes we like to talk about sports, and lately we really haven't. No, uh, the only thing to note is we are in the countdown to college football. We are. We're a month uh, away. Month away. Yep. Uh, I mean, from from today, exactly a month away. I think right. it's the first game, August 27th. So. Which would be glorious, and everybody's ready for it. This is certainly the doldrums of, of uh, sports right now. You right. do have Major League Baseball, the Rays of – Kind of had some injuries. They're hit. They've hit some rough spots. But uh, really, you're stuck watching reruns or reading. You know the fifth article on the 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 backup quarterback quarterback for the mm-hmm. for the second time. So, but we are. We're one month away. And it's going to be interesting to see as we get closer about all of these different. Uh, teams moving to right. different, you know, I mean, I think that as an FSU fan, all eyes are kind of on Notre Dame right now to right. see what Notre Dame's going to do. Um, and then there's been reports about FSU going to the SEC, the Big Ten wants them. And so, um, yeah, that's that's really all the sports news that there is, is right. what, what's going to happen as we get closer to kickoff. I think that, and I think the NIL is really going to be kind of locked in this year. And I think that's going to be really interesting on the ability on the on the hunger, for lack of a better term, if you're making, and it's not most of the players, it's a very few, but if you're already making a million dollars at 18, mm-hmm. how hungry are you going to be to be the greatest player you can be? Um, the NIL, just going to create jealousy in the locker room. It's really going to be interesting to see how that, that plays because there really are no rules. Yeah, yeah. I did also see a headline last night. I, this may have been something that's been going on for a while and I just missed it, but... The Bears are apparently moving. There's rumor to they might be moving out to the suburbs and yes. leaving Soldier, Soldier Field. Field. Yes. Um, the Chicago mayor has come out and said, you know, of course, we really want you to stay there. Right. And they are uh, citing safety concerns and saying, no, we're going out to Arlington Park now. Yeah, there, there was even a propose, a brief proposal to put forward to put a roof on Soldier Field because, you know, it gets so... Yeah. So bloody cold in uh-huh. in Chicago, but that was that was uh, pushed away. But I mean, so really, crime was cited as a as a problem with Soldier well, Field. Well, and before I came to JMI, I lived in Chicago for right. three or four years, and where Soldier Field is, it's right down in Museum Campus. It's a beautiful place or beautiful area of the city, but getting to it is not a fun not wow. a fun trek. Right. <laughs> the, the line on the, the L train you have to take, and once you get off the L train, the area that you're in, it's similar to the White Sox Stadium where that's right. located. Um, so I, I can uh, attest to the fact that citing uh, safety concerns is a, a viable reason. That's a legitimate reason. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I think that wraps up this edition of Spill the Tea. Logan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here. Uh, we'll be back again in a couple of weeks. I am Bob McClure, President and CEO of the James Madison Institute, and we'll look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you for listening to Spill the Tea. For more content from the James Madison Institute, follow us on social media or check out our website at jamesmadison.org.